Good evening, or good morning, whichever works out for you. Um, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs, and this is our How to Train Your Service Dog podcast, along with our Tuesday night weekly webinar. Uh, so we are live Tuesday nights at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page, uh, and where that's where we interact with you. That's where we have topics that we discuss or... You know, we have looser times where we just chat and talk dogs. Um, and then we upload it to YouTube. We upload it to our podcast so then people can watch us if they want to. They can uh, listen to us in the car if they want to do that or in the shower, which is where I like to listen to my podcasts uh, in the shower and driving. So, But I don't do those at the same time. Um, so we have that. Uh, and, and you can go back and you can listen to a whole bunch of them because we've been doing this for a while now. Uh, so lots of information. You can hear my voice all the time and it's super fun. So I see some people are logging on and saying, hey, so hey guys, uh, Kimmy, I hope you have a safe trip back. Uh, let me talk real quick about what's going on at the ranch is one, we got a new buck goat today. So we have Nigerian dwarf goats. Um, we had four girls and one boy. The boy got the girls pregnant and now we have seven new babies, five boys and two girls. Uh, so we're debating on what we want to do with the babies. You can weather them which is neuter them and then their pets and they're super great pets and two of them already so sweet uh and we kind of want to keep them and then one of them is just gorgeous and i'd kind of like to keep them for that um but we found a what's called a moon spotted uh blue-eyed buck available he was eight months old so we bought him and he was delivered today so he's pretty nice and he is going to get along and we're going to have a buck pen so we'll keep the girls and the baby separate from the boys. And when the baby boys hit about uh, three and a half, four months old, we can move them over to the buck pen if we want to keep them. And then, then we have to watch the breeding. I like the lazy way, which is just kind of throw them all together. And when they have babies, they have babies. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Because uh, I like the buck we have now, who's Timmy or Timujin. And then I like the new one, um, Balanus. Luke likes to name the bucks. Uh, so since I name a lot of the critters on the ranch, we let him choose names for, for some of them too. Um, Rich doesn't really name too many. He named Mabel, who <laughs> was the, the first cow we had born here, who was born in May a couple years ago. So hello, 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 guys. Um, I wanted to also talk about tonight on one of the dogs that we have in for boot camp, because this is going to sound so familiar, because this has happened so many times in the past. Uh, and what it is, is this dog does not want to sit, okay? Uh, if we try to wait him out and capture the behavior, he will just stand there and look at us. If we try the light leash pressure up, he looks at us like we're crazy. If we go to touch him on his back end, he'll flip around and, don't touch me, I'm behind you. So he doesn't like that. So what we tried today while we were working him is we pulled out a, a piece of food. And as soon as he saw the piece of food, he sits. Now, this has happened before. This is not the first dog. And every time it happens, Rich and I are like, oh, boy. So, you know, he'll sit because you have food. But he will not sit on his own. He will not sit. And then you get the food. You have food. And then he will sit for it. And, and like I said, it's common. This isn't the first time. It's not going to be the last time. But in the past, our options are limited. And it's basically, uh, you know, have the food, try to hide the food, you know, show it to him. But after going to um, Bart Bellin, Bart or Michael Bellin's Nipopo um, Silver School, I knew what I wanted to do with him. So that's what we did. And what we did, because we've already been introducing this dog to the e-collar. So we got ready. 
and had the e-collar on, had food ready and told the dog, sit and push the button on a very low level, sit and push the button and then reach for the food. And of course he sits because that's what he's going to do. If we tried to wait him out, it would take for flipping ever. Um, and then reach for the food. He sits and we can hand deliver it to him or I can click to release him and he's off. Now, as soon as he sits off the e-collar, you know, you can tap, tap, you can push and hold either way. But it was beautiful because it was such a, I don't even know the right word. It was such an elegant answer to that problem that plagues every dog trainer, you know, because it happens quite frequently where the dog knows sit for a treat and that's it. So I wanted to share that with you and don't try it on your own. <laughs> Talk to me first because I want to make sure you get your timing well and that your dog understands everything before we get started with it. Um, but you know how you can get a stubborn dog that way. So it's been fantastic. And we've been uh, nipo-poing uh, the dogs that we have in for boot camp. We've been nipo-poing the dogs who are coming in for privates. And it's nice because it gets me a chance to work it and work the dogs um, very well. So another dog we had in today is a almost five month old puppy, a great Dane puppy. So he's already over 50 pounds and he didn't do down. So we, like I said, I like to capture down. That's when I really like to capture, which means that when the dog does it down on his own, you click and you treat. Okay. Pretty easy sounding, but some dogs really try your patience with it. So what we did is we stepped on the leash and he was like, ah, but not too bad, you know, a little bit of a tantrum. We've seen much worse tantrums. Uh, and then eventually he laid down. He laid down to click and treat. So he got a hand, well, quick and food. He got a handful of food because it was super good. And then pretty soon, within 20 minutes from when they walked in until the dog is downing nicely, we've already started to name it. We haven't finished naming it. So when he's in position, we say down, and then we click and treat. Down, and then we click and treat. Um, and then right before he gets into a down, down, he gets into a down, click and treat. So, you know, we've been working that with him. But like I said, in 20 minutes, we had a dog who was so stubborn, he wouldn't down, let alone hold it to where he's holding it, where we're having him in a sit and he's holding that. So I can see the power of the Nipopo system and I cannot wait for Gold School. Uh, we did send our money in for Gold School last week. So my spot is reserved for that. And that is the end of... May. It's that last week. I think the 27th to the 31st of May. So I'm super stoked. Next is looking at airlines, deciding if I'm going to fly or if I'm going to drive and then getting a hotel because it's actually cheaper for me to fly. And I prefer flying to a degree, but uh, you know, I might want to drive it too, uh, depending on if we get Malapuppy or not. So so that's what we've been doing here uh, with the dogs. Um, and like I said, it's just, it's so great. Uh, you know, we've had dogs coming out. We have, somehow we have a bunch going through private sessions right now. We have a bunch of boot camps, so it's working out beautifully. And, uh, and we get to experiment with them and try it out on our dogs, try it out on their dogs, see how it's working, see what we like, see what we are not fond of and what we need to change. And usually that means my timing needs help. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's really, really good. And I'm really, really happy about that. Um, so yeah, yeah, we have all that stuff going on. Um, we got a request to talk about, I'm traveling with a service dog on buses, planes, trains, cabs, Ubers, cars, etc. So I did want to discuss that briefly, but if you guys have something else that you would like to discuss, please let me know. Um, and why briefly is I believe we have another podcast on it. You know, it might be a combination of a few different ones. Um, 
So buses, I have only done the Disney buses for taking me from the hotel to the resort. And for that, um, we load over by, uh, you know, they have a separate lane for wheelchairs. So that's where we load. Um, wheelchairs go on first and then we go on. Um, if not, if we're just waiting and there's no wheelchair area, whenever everyone starts queuing up, we just cut to the front of the line because I need to get my dog on and I need to get him under um, as fast as possible because then people start coming on and you don't want to be standing there and have people smushing up against you and stepping on your service dog because it will happen if you don't, uh, if you don't watch it. So in normal buses, right, they have the, the place, you know, if, if there's somebody who needs this, if there's a handicapped disabled person, a pregnant person, move and give them the seat. Well, instead of making them move and giving them my, my seat, you know, I'll just take it first. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so that's buses. Um, airplanes, um, I talked, I want to say last week with the Nipopo episode about uh, flying with Gypsy. It was her first real flight. I mean, she flew whenever she was eight weeks old, but that didn't really count. Uh, so we talked about that uh, and I had to go through, I had to get a wheelchair at the airport and getting off of the airport, uh, which was an experience. Uh, but we did that. They gave us a whole row going there and coming back. So that was really nice. If not, we'd be in bulkhead and she'd just curl up at my feet. Uh, I do prep them for that with using a 22 by 22, four legs, four pets place board and teaching them to curl up. So we like to do that for them. Uh, we'll work on some of the different rides when we go to the amusement parks. Uh, for example, we did, oh, what was it called? It was at Universal. It was Storm Force, which is basically the teacups, but faster. <laughs> so we, and I've done that with Era. This time we did it with Gypsy and we had like three other service dogs with us. And you know, it has that big center plate in the middle of it in the tower. So one person goes on, we get the dog on. The dog has to curl up around that tower on the ground and deal with all the chaos. You guys want to talk about good for prepping for flying with your dog? Teacups rides are amazing, okay? And they are dog friendly, um, both at a Magic Kingdom, because that's where Arrow went, and at Universal, because that's where Gypsy went. Now, I don't make it go any faster, you know, because you can like swing it to make it go faster. I hold it to make it not go faster, and I'll hold on to her as well. So, you know, afterwards she was like, whoa. Um, but, you know, I think if we do it a few times, she'd be like, oh, whatever, I don't care. And I'm glad we did it before the flight because the flight was very turbulency. Um, trains, I have been on the Hogwarts Express. Does that count? Um, for that, they gave us our own cabin. When we have a service dog, they put all of us together. Like, because it's a party. It's not like, oh, there's a stranger with a service dog. Let's put them in with you guys. No, it's the party that I'm with. They let us sit by themselves. We don't have to sit with, you know, like seven other people. It's just us, which is nice. Um, but I don't train otherwise. Uh, nah, I lied. We do the Magic Kingdom, the train there. Um, if we can sit in the way front, we do. Um, but usually I'll Google it and I'll say, you know, well, what if I want to do... Amtrak in service dogs and see what comes up. Um, cabs and Uber, I have done, not Uber, what's the other one that's like Uber? Lyft. I did Lyft whenever I flew to Vegas with Aero a couple years ago, from the airport to the hotel and from the hotel to the airport. Um, both times there was no problem with having a service dog. I wrote in there that I have a service dog. Um, I sat in the back with him because I'm not going to put him in the back while I sit up front and I'm not going to put him up front because I don't know how comfy the guy is with it. Um, if I had a blanket, I could have put a blanket down. I didn't. Um, Arrow rode on the floor on the way to the airport, but on the way back, he had hurt himself. And so he was limping. So he was up in the seat with me. 
Yep. And again, if I had a blanket, I would have put it on, but I didn't, so I didn't. Um, normal cars, a lot of people like crates or seatbelts for the dog. Uh, that's totally up to you. If your dog is being a nuisance, I highly recommend a crate or a seatbelt uh, just for safety and because while you're driving, you don't want your dog, you know, bapping you in the face. Uh, so I, I do recommend that. Um, my dogs personally, I they just ride free. Now, when we get Malinois puppy, we will have a small crate, in, well, smallish crate in the car for him until he's used to it. So when the boot camp dogs come in and they're the service dog ones or they're the normal pet ones and we're taking them out, uh, they just ride in the back seat or in the way back. I don't do, you know, we have a Jeep now, um, a Jeep Wrangler. And while it's a four door, we can fold down that back seat and have more room. I We don't want to be popping crates in and out of there because it just takes up too much room. When we had the van, it was a little different story because it's just the three of us, me, Rich and Luke. Uh, you know, I kept one of the middle seats tipped up all the time. We kept the back seats tumbled down all the time. So we had more room. So for that, I'd often have an extra crate in the back there or two because my dog didn't need it because we had that that fourth seat of space. Um, so so we'd have that for them. And when we were in Gainesville and we'd go up to the training center to pick up, you know, the dog and then come back. Uh, we would make sure we had a crate in there because we didn't know how good they were going to be. Now, the dogs don't go out for an outing with us until they've been here for usually at least two weeks and we know them a little bit more. You know, um, I'm not taking new dogs out and that's what we were doing in Gainesville. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's how I travel. Usually, if if you ask and you're like, oh, where do I go from here? Um, they're really nice. Like, for example, the TSA, they usually wave me through or they let me skip line, which is nice. Um, and I don't have to wait and wait and wait. I, I don't go through the body scan thing. Um, I go through the x-ray. Okay. Um, Kimmy says she's almost to Georgia and Graham's doing great. He's lying in the passenger floorboard. That's awesome. And the fact that he can fit in the passenger floorboard is even more awesome. <laughs> um, what else do I want to talk to you guys about? Oh, wheelchairs. So last two times that we've been to the parks, we went to Epcot, um, with Midas and Raleigh, and then we went to uh, Universal, both parks with Gypsy and Holstein, and both times I was in a wheelchair because of my knee trying to get that better, and guess what? Haven't had to use my laser wrap, haven't had to ice it. I'll take um, the pills for reducing swelling, um, but it's been doing really decent, uh, going down and seeing the new goat, Mm, that bothers it some. So I'm trying to take it easy as much as I can, but it's making progress, which makes me super happy. Um, so I've been in a wheelchair with it. So Rich pushes me around the park and there's a couple things I've noticed and I wanted to bring it up in case any of you guys have been in wheelchairs and you've noticed it. So a lot of times in the service dog community, if you see somebody else who has a service dog, you kind of give them the look like that, you know, with the finger bang. Um, you, you give them the look, the nod, even the smile, because you're like, that's nice. Um, wheelchair people don't do that. <laughs> if you look at them and you're like, hey, they look at you like you are absolutely crazy. Uh, because apparently we're not supposed to be happy while we're in a wheelchair, I guess. I Maybe. Um, the other thing I noticed, especially me being so tall and then being in a wheelchair, all I see is butts. Bots on the opposite side of bots. Always use bots and crotches. And it's not fun. Um, so the view, I can see why people can get a little bit pissy. Because I'm like, really? It's more bots. Um, they ignore you. Um, 
we've worked the service dogs while I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, we had Loki at Walmart trying to work him when we had him. Um, you know, my first time trying to do that, but Rich wasn't there. So I'm trying to push and, and maneuver him. And it was, oh gosh, it was fun. Um, but they didn't, they like almost run into me, people would. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And even Loki, they would try to run into him. And I'm like, how do you miss him? He's, I don't know how much, you know, but he's a, a huge golden retriever. He's not like a little chihuahua that you maybe didn't notice because you blinked. But he's a huge golden retriever and you're almost running into him. Uh, or like when I had Midas, people would come up to me and look at me and look at Midas and tell me how pretty she is. And I'm like, yes, he is very pretty, isn't he? Um, but it was annoying. The only time they wanted to talk to me was to tell me about how pretty my dog was. Not, you know, are you enjoying yourself or you know, nice weather, or isn't Disney great? So it's weird. You know, it's a different different um, experience than the experience of having a service dog while you're walking upright. <laughs> you know, um, so, so yeah, we were at Universal, and we had uh, Gypsy and Holstein, and me and Rich and Karen, and I'm in the wheelchair, and we found a place to watch the Mardi Gras parade, and people came and stood right in front of me. I'm like, dude, usually I wouldn't care because I could see over your head, but I'm in a wheelchair now and I can't. And I just stood there. So Rich says to them, you know, there's a spot right beside us, like technically right beside us and literally and figuratively and everything, every illies. You might want to move there and you'd have a little more room because they were in the walkway. One of them moved, the other one didn't. And then she starts flipping up her leg and Gypsy's right behind her. And I'm thinking, oh, don't you dare. And she didn't. She didn't get gypsy, but it was annoying. And then, of course, whenever they'd throw beads, she'd try to grab them. I'm like, no, those are my beads. Gypsy and my beads. So, so yeah, it's just, it's a different experience. So if you get the opportunity to try it, try it and just see how it is because it wasn't the same. But it was also nice because I didn't hurt my knee anymore. And I still got to experience the parks. We still got to train the dogs in the parks. And we still got to have a fun time. Um, but we didn't have to... You know, I didn't have to hurt my knee. So uh, we're going to go to Disney tomorrow, which is Wednesday, March 20th. So if anybody wants to join us, I think we're going to be going to um, Hollywood Studios just because I think that's probably going to be the flattest of the parks. Uh, and we're going to do Universal this weekend, I think, a couple times with Karen. So I figured let's do a Disney one. As much as I really, really, really want to do Animal Kingdom, that, that walk in going up by the animals is just so bad. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So Catherine says here, uh, when you're in a wheelchair, they don't notice you, even though you're bigger than everybody else. Years ago, I was in Disney and I ended up running over somebody's foot because they were in so much of a hurry and I didn't see them coming. I don't have, didn't have Marshall at the time, but I now have his leash hooked onto my chair. And when I need him closer, I hold the leash in my left hand and drive with the right because I'm in a power chair. Yeah, that's nice. Um, the power chairs at Disney and Universal are like 50 bucks a day to rent. The manual ones are like 12. We have our own. We got it on Amazon. I'm going to say it was around 100, uh, you know, for training the service dogs up and the therapy dogs and, you know, just exposure to it. So that's what we're using. But like I said, just it's annoying. And I'm like, I would like a power chair because then Rich wouldn't have to push me and he can enjoy the parks a little bit more. But hopefully it's not going to be for much longer. Um, Deb says, people look past you. I use my cane to poke the people who run into me at the airport. So whenever I flew, I had my cane beside me on the on the way out. It wasn't a problem. Now, on the way back, they didn't want the cane beside me. So they put it in the overhead. 
which is fine. But then I'm thinking, well, you don't know how bad I am. So maybe without that cane, I can't get up to use the restroom. You know, I don't know if they can take the cane like that, but they did. So on the on the landing, right, of course, everyone has to pop up and open up that hatch and get their suitcases out. So the person pop, you know, hopped up and opened up the hatch and the cane fell, bounced off of my shoulder and onto the ground. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like it barely hit me. It was okay. But I'm thinking, what if it wasn't? What if it would have like knocked me on the noggin? That wouldn't have been fun at all. Um, and yeah, but but um, whenever she took it and put it above, I said, oh, now I can't hit people with the cane if they annoy me. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why she's like, I'm glad I'm doing this. <laughs> Not that I would have, but it's good to know I could. <laughs> So good, Kimmy's officially in Georgia now, so it won't be too long, and she'll be home. So that's always, always good. Um, what else? What other topics do you guys want to discuss tonight? Uh, something I saw today on um, ableism uh, and, and people with disabilities, and like it just it really got me thinking about the wheelchair experience and you know the cane. Uh, now I do have a um, disability placard for my car. So I will, I, I, I use it, you know, I use it for the service stars. I use it for my knee. Um, I use it all the time when I can, but I also, <laughs> I live in the villages and that's a bunch of retired people. And a lot of them have, um, have the disability placards as well. So it's hard to find parking spots sometimes. And I'm sure when they see me, sometimes they're like, <sighs> I'm like, seriously. So that's part of it with the cane. I'm like, I need this. But I also notice that with the cane, like going through the store with the cane is enough trying to keep the weight off of that knee that I'm not doing a cane through the whole park. It just ain't happening. <laughs> but like I said, it is doing better. So hopefully it won't be too much longer. Um, when I use my cane or wheelchair, Kimmy says, I just speak with purpose. I want to get a bike horn. Right? Um, Nicole says flying. Oh, Rich almost. <laughs> Must ram me into some people. You know, one of the things we joke about, especially at Magic Kingdom, is people, everyone has a, a stroller, right? And they use them as battering rams to get through whenever it gets crowded, which is why I'm not upset that they raised the price to what is it, like $219 for a single day park hopper? Like, it needs to get up there to thin out the crowds. It's the whole supply and demand. And uh, yeah. So Nicole says here she's flying with Dr. Texas to do Adam Gibson's diabetic alert dog workshop in April. That's awesome. And you've flown with him before. So yay, Nicole, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, but yeah, we. Uh, I, one thing I noticed too is cane, walker, or wheelchair, you really need pockets. So they have like bags that you can get for the wheelchair. And like, I think that's huge. Um, if you have one of the rollinators with the seat that holds things, that's kind of nice. Um, but otherwise you're really up the creek. You know, whenever I was here using the cane, if I had to carry something, I'd leave the cane and I just go normally because I'm not going to, to, to try to maneuver. And especially if I had a leash, even a wraparound leash and the cane or whatever and, Ugh, it just gets to be too much. And if I'm trying to move things from one to the other, you know, say one side of the dog room to the other, and I'm playing around in the wheelchair, I can't. Like, I can only balance, precariously balance so much stuff on my lap at one time. So, so yeah, yeah. That's, something needs to be done about it. Uh, because it's not going to be going away. 
you know, like people aren't going to stop using wheelchairs or stop using canes or stop using walkers. Um, oh, <laughs> you want to know what the, the worst part was? Uh, was trying to go up the hills. I'm thinking if I'm pushing myself, I don't see how I could get enough to go up those hills, especially if you guys are familiar with um, Universal going in and out of the, the parks from City Walk. Like those are some pretty steep hills. Um, or if you're at uh, Disney and you're at uh, Animal Kingdom and you're trying to get up, you know, as soon as you go into the park, again, that's a pretty steep hill. Uh, they don't think about them, I guess. Um, some of the elevators, we did uh, Harry Potter, you know, the um, the train there. Some of the elevators were smaller than others. Some of them were at comfortable enough size. Um, coming in and out, we used the valet parking or valet parking. And, uh, and, and that worked out good. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it's weird. Um, but you want to be able to use the, the tools that help you out without hurting what you can do. Does that make sense? It should make sense. Uh, Nicole says she flew in October and had both Doc and Rio. Um, and that was a vacation. So she took both. That's good. And Deb says, use a foldable cane. I stick it in the magazine pouch. No one touches the cane except for me. And then she said, instead of doing a bike horn, use a fog horn because no one hears or sees you. Loki made me human, but invites the silly questions and comments like you messed it, mentioned. Yeah, so Loki's her service dog in training. And yeah, I do have a foldable and that's what I brought, but I didn't think to stick it in the magazine pouch first. Because yeah, that's I thought, you know, like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know how much I want you touching it and removing it because if I need to get up, I, I, I can hobble, but you don't know how bad it is. You know, what if I can't? And then now we're we're crashed and, and we have to get out on those little jet things, you know, those little foldable, inflatable things. And I can't because nobody got me my cane because you're not supposed to grab your stuff whenever you're exiting, I guess. What are you going to do? You know, and then I stand up and they're like, oh, don't do that. So, like, of course, none of that happened. But it just, it, it's stuff you don't think about until it's happening to you. And you know what? One of the neatest things that I'm watching right now out my window is my one cat is outside. Since we got the doggy doors in, they are now kitty and doggy doors. And he goes in and out a lot more frequently, which is so nice because we wanted him to be an indoor outdoor cat because we live on over five acres and we have mice on the property and we want him to get rid of them. So we don't want him to bring them in. We want him to take care of them and if he wants to eat them, that's fine. <laughs> he caught dinner for himself and his sister. Uh, but yeah, a um, couple people just got in late. What did I miss? You guys get to go back and listen from the beginning whenever we finish. Um, because we talked about traveling with your service dog. We talked about what we're doing with some of the boot camp and private training dogs that we have in and how amazing it is. Uh, group classes, guys, what we're doing in group this month is we're working on the CGC test. Uh, we have two more classes left this month. Um, this weekend, it is a Sunday group class, and then next weekend is Saturday group class. So basically, we have two classes next week, one on Sunday, one on Saturday. Uh, and what we're probably going to end up with is on Saturday doing it here at the ranch and doing a potluck. And then we'll do the testing. Uh, if people want to bring crates, you know, uh, pop open crates, you can pop open a crate, put your dog in it, and go down and play with baby goats. Um, or if you want to leave your dog in your car, go down with playing with baby goats, but you're not going and playing with baby goats with your dog. <laughs> um, Gypsy goes down there because I trust her and she wears her e-collar, but I'm not, yeah, that's how we're doing things. 
Um, so yeah, so we're going to do that. And then on uh, next month in group class, we're going to work towards novice trick dog titles. And Master of the Dog should be pretty good on their way there. And if they have the Canine Good Citizen test, instead of needing 10 different tricks, all they need is five different tricks. So that makes it a lot easier, which is why we're doing the CGC first. Um, but everyone was doing so good in class this weekend. I was so proud. Uh, and that just, yay. And then we also, we stayed a little later and did some training with Thumper. Uh, with working around other dogs because Thumper don't always like other dogs coming around her, her spot. So uh, Rich recorded it. I was sitting down. He didn't bring the wheelchair. He brought my camp chair. So he did that last week. He did it this week um, just because I'm not, I'm not going to just stand there the whole time. I will sit and teach class from a sitting position. Uh, so he, he did that. So I got some video clips and we put it together and put the video up on uh, the Facebook page uh, that you're hopefully watching this on. Uh, so, so it is there. So go back and look for that. It's pretty short. I think it's under two minutes, but it's good. And what we're working on is advocate for your dog, which means as the dog, another dog's coming towards you, think, oh, look, he's friendly. Let's say hello to the dog over there. You say, no, stop, go away. He's in training. Uh, so we worked that, and then we worked on having the dogs pass by and having Thumper not care about it. So training is life. Um, that's one of the things Nipopo. It's not. It's a training system, but it's also a lifestyle. And I think for training to work, it has to be. You can't say, "Well, I'm going to train between the hours of three and four, and then I'm done," because that's the only time your dog's going to listen to you is between the hours of three and four. Uh, or it's like, "Oh, I'm going to diet, but I'm only going to diet from like 10 a.m. until like 8 p.m. and then after that, I'm going to eat like whatever I want." You're like. I don't think that works either. Don't know for sure, but maybe I'll try it. That'll be my diet. Um, but no, it is. It, it's got to be a lifestyle. And uh, and it works out so much better when it is uh, and, and when you're prepared for things. So, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's been a busy few days. It's been a busy, what, week and a half since I've been home, a little over a week since I've been home. And then yesterday, super busy, and today super busy with uh, Bellinus coming, our new goats, and he's super cute. So I'm going to go help Rich take, put the goats away. Uh, we're going to put the two boys together into our new buck pen, all right? And then the girls get to run maybe tonight, or at least get to run out and stretch their legs a little bit before they eat and go to bed, because they have been in their pen all day with all their babies. And I'm thinking... They must feel like how my parents felt whenever we would do car trips, whenever, our, you know, we were all younger. <laughs> you know, stop it off. Stop it, you kids. Knock it off. Don't do that. I'm also working on a new infographic for whenever I work with clients. So that's always good. Infographics are fun. It helps to get the point across for people who are more visual um, than just audible for learning. Uh, and my story with this is... Uh, the, the whole, you guys have heard what weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of bricks, All right? What weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of bricks? I always thought this is stupid. Of course it's bricks. It has to be bricks. But it's not. They both weigh the same because there's going to be like half a brick and there's going to be like five million bags of feathers because they're like, if I would have seen it visually, you know, someone draw it out, I would have got it. But I'm much more visual than auditory for learning. So I try to help people who are also visually because I totally understand where they're coming from. 
So we do, we try to, to get it in different, um, you know, hit the different ways that you can learn. Are you more auditory? Are you more visual? Are you more kinesthetic and you need to touch it and feel it and do it? After watching a few times, I will try it and try it and try it and then I can do it usually. Uh, and, and one of my stories is uh, Rich's grandma moved in with them. She was in her 90s. She lived to almost 101 and she loved to crochet. So she would crochet blankets for all the babies at the church's daycare. And I, we would sit over there, you know, we'd go and, and visit with them and we'd sit and uh, talk to grandma Warfel or grandma Carter and she would, she would sit and crochet. She crochet, she, so I watch her hand motions. I watch her hand motions. Like, it doesn't look like, like that difficult. So this was years ago. This was, we still lived up in Wisconsin. So you're talking probably 18 or so years ago before YouTube was as big as it is now. So we, uh, I, I got some yarn and I got some um, crochet hooks from the store and they had the directions. And so a couple times doing it and okay, I got this, you know, how neat was that? And I, I learned by watching her. And once you got it in there, you've got that muscle memory and you're good to go. So that's always good. But like I said, I'm, I'm good at watching. So don't call on me to do it first. Let me watch, let me practice it and get a feel. So when I was over at Silver School, I was the only one with the service dog. So I was the only one who had a dog to practice on at night. And I would, we would go back and I would practice with Gypsy. And it was nice because then I understood it more and I got it more. If I had to wait until I got home, I would have forgotten some of it, um, which isn't good now. Part of the bad thing is I had to take her out for potty breaks, I had to feed her, water her, you know, put her first, which is fine. And I have no problem doing that, but it's not like I could just be like, okay, I'm done for the night. You know, I'm like, no, I'm done for the night, but I've still got to take care of her. Luckily she's easy to take care of. Um, but it is something you have to keep in mind with having a service dog is you do have to put their needs first. Okay. So like I said, tomorrow is going to be Disney. So if anyone wants to do Disney, I'm probably Hollywood Studios. Um, let me know. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you too. One of the worst experiences is not just the hills. It was the bathrooms. So some of them are uh, between Universal and Disney. Some of them you just walk into, right? There's no main door. Some of them have a main door. Well, the main door does not have a push button. So you have to go hold on to the main door and then try to wheel backwards with one hand. Guess how many hands you need to wheel backwards properly? Two. Uh, so it, that was a pain. That was a major pain. Uh, we got, and then I, I tethered the dog to the wheelchair, right? Cause it's smart to tether the dog to the wheelchair. But so if you stand up, the dog's still tethered to the wheelchair in a bathroom, it's not as big a deal, but if you're trying to get into the bathroom and you have to stand up so you can open up the door and everything else, it's just, it's chaos. Put a flipping door button in there, make it easier for people. Um, they have some of the companion stalls, which would have been great if they were available. Um, which they weren't. Uh, and then wheeling in, you know, first Rich can't push me in. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll wheel in with Gypsy. We go to the way back because, of course, the handicap stall is way in the back. And then you have to open it. And then you have to wheel and then you have to close it behind you, except it always opens outward. And then you have to go back and get it and wheel in with one hand. So really what you need is a magnet that you can stick on the door and close it behind you and then latch it and then transfer. I don't know how, how people who cannot walk, like, cause I, I can hobble, you know, even whatever my knee was bad, I, I can hobble. Um, it looks terrible and it takes me a lot longer, but I can't do it. But what about people who can't, well, who can't walk? Like something needs to be done. Not only that, but the handicap stalls, even before I was in the wheelchair, 
guess what? They're usually taken up by people. Someone who's changing the kid's diaper, which, you know, whenever they put the diaper stuff in there, that's one thing. But whenever you let your little kid go in there to go to the bathroom and dance and parade around and, you know, pirouette and everything else while you're in another stall and that's the only handicapped stall there is, that's not okay. Like it's there for a reason. It's not for you to change. It's not for you to have a little more room. It's not for your kid to dance in. It's not for them to go in and giggle together. It is for people who need that stall. So even with my invisible disability, I need those handrails sometimes. Um, with the service dog, it's nice because it gives them a little more room and they're not flopping into the stall next door where I don't know what you're going to do. I don't want you to kick my dog because my dog's tail happened to, to move over into your space. Or you think she's looking at you or you're looking at her. Why are you staring at my dog underneath the stall door? And it happens and it happens all the time. So we need to come up with a movement to for, for handicapped people in the bathroom because it's annoying. And I assume it's the same for men, but it's annoying for me. And uh, like I said, I don't know. I don't know how how people who, who need it all the time, I don't know how they can do it. You know, and you can't like hold it the whole time you're out. But you kind of have to at times just because it's annoying. Um, Deb says handicapped stalls are always filled with able-bodied people. I must be crabby today, but you're 100% white. <laughs> it's rant time, Deb. <laughs> so so no, it is. And and like I said, I'm sure people look at me sometimes like, why are you in there? <laughs> because I pass out. And if I pass out, I don't want to hit my head on the stall door. So I'm going to have the bigger stall. Thank you. And I have a service dog, so if I do pass out, she has room to maneuver and do what she needs to do. But but like I said, that little kids pirouetting and dancing in there and giggling and changing clothes and, and people just in there having conversations on the phone, like that's not what it is for. It's not it's what it was designed for. It's not what they make them for. Um, and then, you know what the other thing is? All of them can stand to be a little bit bigger. Disney has room, Universal has room, these new stores being built, they all have room to add on an extra foot or two. So people do have more room. Some stalls you go into and you can barely turn around in there. And that's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> that was my rant on bathrooms. Um, but no, let's, let's change that because it's annoying. Uh, okay. So I am going to go so we can go see new goat, um, Belleness. It'll take me a while. I'm going to call him Bell. He's like my favorite, even though he's a boy. Um, so I'm going to go see Belle. We're going to work the dogs one more time tonight. If I'm really ambitious, I might videotape some of it, but don't count on it. Um, but we'll see how they're doing. Uh, we weren't feeling great. A couple nights ago, Rich went on um, St. Patrick's Day to go get um, shamrock shakes at McDonald's. And of course, they were out, so he just got his chocolate shakes. And I swear it made us all sick. So nobody wanted to... Uh, we all felt like, so we didn't want to train the dogs for dinner. So they just got their dinner and they were all like, but wait, I don't want to just have it. I'm supposed to work for this man. And it was just, it was so funny. Just the looks on them and like they ate, but they're like, what? So yay. Like the training is working guys. So we offer them the food at night for training. Um, They don't want to work. Sometimes they don't get to eat. Um, You want to work? That's great. And I'm not even asking for much. I'll just click and toss food. And sometimes they're like, no, I'm not eating that food. Mm -mm, no, that's not my normal food. And I'm like, it's what your mom and dad said. No, it's not. I'm not going to do that. So I might try a couple treats. And sometimes they're still like, nope, that doesn't look good at all either. So, so yeah, that's what we started with this group. 
And so what we're going to start doing, I think, is asking people to charge up that clicker a little bit before they come and maybe cut back on portion size for a couple of days before they come in, just so the dog's a little bit more revved up and wanting to work. But we haven't made that decision yet. Um, but we might. So uh, again, this is Victoria with Dream Dogs. Our webinar is Tuesday nights at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group called How to Train Your Service Dog, a podcast called How to Train Your Service Dog, and a howtotrainyourservicedog.com online course that shows you everything that you need to know to train up your dog to be your service dog. Okay? Uh, Nicole, before I sign off, she says, I have a dog in who, when he came in, he didn't want to eat. He was used to stealing people food in the house. Yeah. If a lot of people do the free feeding, and I'm, I give my dogs people food. I don't have a problem with it. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's not what I want, especially stealing people's food in the house. Mm -mm. But now he gladly eats his meals. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, but, yeah, so, so message me, guys. Um, let me know if you have any questions. Uh, you can find me at dreamk9.com. That's D-R-E-A-M, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. And... Uh, I wish you guys a fantastic week until I see you again.